Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. All right. Well, hey, I want to take just a moment to extend an invitation to you to an upcoming event. It's called Impact Weekend. And uh, how many of you have participated in Sozo's Love Your City events before? Okay, this is one of our Love Your City events. And it's gonna be a training, equipping. It'll be an opportunity to kind of see what, how can I do everyday missions in my life? What does that look like in our city and in this region and in this area? And so uh, we have uh, Tim and Steve Stewart, friends from uh, Impact Nations. They're gonna be with us. And they're gonna be teaching. It'll be at our offices on the 101 Euland. So I wanna encourage you, that's uh, June the 9th and the 10th. And here's the really good news. It's only $15 or whatever you can afford, but we will have childcare. So parents, if you wanna uh, come and you go, oh, what am I gonna do with my kids? For uh, $25 for the entire time, uh, Friday night, all day Saturday, and then uh, $10 for every child over the first one. So that, that's gonna be our event for Love Your City. And so I just encourage you to, to come and be a part of that. That's gonna be a, a really, really cool time. Am I loud? No. I'm not loud? No. Too loud for you, Kyle? Okay. okay. All right. Well, we've been in this uh, series called Better. And it's a series about the Holy Spirit, okay? And so I was thinking, I don't know what your background was. I grew up in a background that didn't talk about the Holy Spirit a whole lot. And so we really, we really, really were kind of Father, Son, and Holy Bible. And so today we're gonna to talk about the Holy Spirit, but particularly gifts of the Spirit. And last week, how many of you were here last week when Joel talked about the gifts of the Spirit? And uh, there are nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit but we're gonna, we're gonna pick on a couple of those today that deal with uh, the beauty of spiritual language. And if, if you were to line out all nine gifts and say, what are the most hotly debated? And, and you realize in Christian circles, spiritual gifts are debated, you know. Uh, their, their use, their misuse, their abuse, uh, and, and everything in between. But there's no debate on what the most controversial ones are in most churches. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna to talk about tongues. We're gonna talk about interpretation of tongues and prophecy, okay? Why are those controversial? I'll put it in real simple terms. Because all three of those come from our mouths. Don't you get in most trouble from your mouth, the things that come out of your mouth, okay? And so we're gonna talk about that a little bit today. And uh, I just want to say, first of all, we'll be in uh, 1 Corinthians, if you have your Bibles, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14 today. But really, we're going to look at, we're going to start out and look at 12, 13, and 14. It, it'll be shorter than you think, I promise. Okay? Because really, you can't understand what's going on in chapter 14 until you understand the context. How many of you realize that 1 Corinthians is a letter? Okay? When you read a letter, you read the whole letter, right, to get the context of what's going on in the letter. It's also a response letter. So Paul is writing to a church that is really messed up. I mean, they're getting drunk at the communion table and their homes. I mean, all kind of stuff. 
And so they're writing him and saying, what do we do, Paul? If I would have been Paul, I'd say, shut the whole thing down. Paul didn't do that though, because he said, here's the truth. You guys have every spiritual gift available to you. Somebody go, that's good. That's real good. If you want to have a problem, that's a good one to have. But he said, here's your problem. You're immature and you don't know how to use those spiritual gifts. Most of the onlooking world is not critical of mature people who display what Jesus really looks like by his spirit. What they're critical of is immaturity, okay? And so we're gonna look at what Paul's response was to this church and we'll look at chapter 12, 13, 14 because the truth is that's one big chunk of information, okay? So let's just start, jump right in it and let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31. This is the last verse in chapter 12 where Joel was talking last week. And listen to what he says. This is what Paul, how he concludes that ending chapter, which goes, flows right into the next. He says, but earnestly desire the best spiritual, the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. And I'm gonna go down here and get my glasses. Out there, Joel, thank you. Okay, so there's two questions in there. Earnestly desire the best gifts. What are the best gifts? And I'm gonna show you a more excellent way. What's the excellent way, right? I mean, that's how I read that. Bless you. And so Paul is gonna go into this. He's gonna unpack that. And he says that, it, he says, okay, so the best gift, I'm gonna give you the def, what the best, gift, the best gift is. It's the gift that is appropriate to the situation or need. Are you with me? See, you know, it's kind of like you got a hammer and everything you see looks like a nail, right? How many of you know a hammer's a good thing if you're nailing something in? Hammer probably won't fix your car, okay? And so the gifts are the same way. They're gifts that are appropriate to the situation. But he says this, he says, and, and I'm gonna show you a more excellent way. He says, I'm gonna show you the best gift, I'm gonna show you the best way. Now, let's, let's just keep on reading here. Go to the next slide here. And this is in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. So we looked at the last verse of 1 Corinthians 12. Let's look at the first few verses of 1 Corinthians 13. So Paul says this. He says, if I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, and can fathom all mysteries and, all, and have all knowledge and, I have, and I, if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all that I possess to the poor and give my body to hardship that I may boast but I do not have love, I gain nothing. What is he saying? What is the more excellent way? It's the way of love. And as we go through this, we're gonna see, he's gonna say the best gift is the gift most suited for that given situation. The, the best way is the atmosphere, the way of love, done it, doing it from a heart of love. And he says the best thing we're gonna see is edification, the building up, the, the, the strengthening of the church, okay? And so the context of this, what we're gonna read in 1 Corinthians 14, is 
how to strengthen the church. Paul's writing to the church, okay? And he's saying, and he's gonna include a lot of thoughts. We're gonna kind of unpack it this morning so that you can kind of see what's going on here. But his bottom line is, how can we build up, strengthen, edify one another so that the whole world knows what Jesus really looks like? I mean, you say that'd be a good, that would be a good goal for every time we come together here so that when we walk out these doors, people get a better representation of who Jesus really is, right? The Corinthian church had a problem. They were getting drunk together. They were doing all kind of weird stuff at the communion table. And he says, look, I want you to realize that this way of love is really, really, really important. So we've looked at the last verse in 1 Corinthians 12. We've looked at the first few verses in 1 Corinthians 13. Now, let's take a look at our primary chapter here in uh, 1 Corinthians 14. If I had to, to kind of summarize, well, let me, let me just read it first. Let's read it together here. He says, follow the way of love. Eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Let that sink in. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies, everybody say prophesies, speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. Comma. But I'd rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater. That's the same idea of best, exercising the best gift for that situation. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. Okay, let that sink in. This would probably be a great teaching class to say questions class because you probably have some questions. Remember, Paul's primary point in chapter 14 is edifying, building up, strengthening the church, not creating competition between gifts. He's not saying this gift is superior to this gift. Hello? He's saying this gift is more beneficial in this context. And again, he's talking about orderly worship, what that needs to look like. And so he says, I want you to, in verse, the, verse one, he says, he pulls all these three chapters together. He says, he, he says, follow the way of love. That's the theme of chapter 13. And then he says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. That's the theme of chapter 12. And then he goes into spiritual language. You can see the transition here. He's beginning to change. He starts talking about prophecy and tongues, Okay. So when I say spiritual language, that's what I'm talking about. The companion gift of tongues is the interpretation of tongues. And again, what is Paul talking about? He's talking about when we come together, all of us together, how can we all be edified? How can we all be strengthened? How can we all be built up? Well, part of it is we all need to understand what's going on. Have you ever been to a a, a worship service in a different language than you speak and you could not speak that language. Anybody here, raise your hands, okay? 
How many of you, unless there was an interpretation, a translator, how many of you felt really lost in that meeting? Okay? Maybe you felt like you could not even feel, felt the spirit. You knew something was going on, but you didn't really understand. And so Paul goes on and he explains, he says, man, well, we won't take the time to read all of the following passage, passages after that, but he says, listen, it's, it's like, uh, you know, uh, uh, the sound of an instrument, a horn, a trumpet, or whatever. If, if it's not distinct, you know, if, I mean, I'm so glad our worship team's tuned together, aren't you? You know, it, it could be really miserable. I've, I've well, anyway, I've, I've heard less than that before, okay? I'll just say that. So here's the question. What is the gift of prophecy? I'm glad you asked. So here's the gift of prophecy. It's communication of the Holy Spirit that reveals the heart of God to people, okay? It's bringing heaven to earth in a way that people can get it. Now, if prophecy is spoken in your native tongue, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? If it's not, then it is not a prophecy. It's a tongue to you, okay? And you don't understand it. So Paul is saying here, listen, communication of the Holy Spirit that reveals the heart of God to people, that's what prophecy is. Now, what is the purpose of prophecy? Let's look at this again. In 1 Corinthians 14, 3, he gives three purposes for prophecy. He said, when a prophetic word is given, it should do this. When one prophesies, uh, speaks, but the one who prophesies speaks to people. You get that? For their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. This is what new covenant prophecy looks like. It looks like strengthening. It, it, it looks like building people up. It looks like encouraging, stirring people up. It looks like comfort are lifting people up, okay? How many of you say, I wanna be a part of an outfit like that? that that's, what, that's what I signed up for. Paul says, yeah, because it's done in the atmosphere of love, of deference and preference to one another. I want to, when I give you a prophetic word, I want you to be blessed. I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be stirred up. If, you're, if you need comforting, I want you to be lifted up. In, in a little bit, we're going to practice, okay? We're going, we're, I mean, gifts were made to be released, okay? And so that's, that's what we're going to do. So that, that is the context within that. Let's look at the next passage here. I'll just say um, the verse that follows that says, the one who prophesies edifies the church. So it strengthens believers. Now look, look at this next verse in 1 Corinthians 14, 24 through 25. I wish I had time to just go boom, boom, boom through the whole thing. I'm picking some things around the idea of prophecy right now. Listen to this. In verse 24, Paul writes this, and he's, uh, he's, just, he's talking about what does this kind of communication that brings heaven to earth look like? What might that be? He says, if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they're convicted of sin, they're brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, wow, God is really among you all. You know what, I, I get that report regularly. 
regularly. I, l- I listen to our team, our staff, and, and, and people here say that people walk in and, whoa, their first time's like, whoo, God is in this place. How many, anybody here, you, your first time at Sozo, you felt that? Look at there. Look at all the hands. Okay? Can I tell you, this is a prophetic house. We love to communicate the heart of God, reveal what the heart of God is to his people, to stir people up, to build people up, to lift people up. And so in this passage, I wish we had time to really unpack it, but he says that, that whenever the secrets of our heart are laid bare, how many, how many of you know that, that it doesn't have to happen from this place? It doesn't, a lot of times it's in a conversation. Have you ever had the secrets of your heart laid bare over a meal or a conversation with somebody and they say something and you go, oh my, oh my. Flesh and blood didn't reveal that one to you. That was God. Some of the best prophetic words I've ever gotten were in just a really casual conversation floating down the river or eating a meal together or whatever. And so, so I love, I wish I had time to unpack some of the things, but let me just remind you what, what, Jesus said in regard to the Holy Spirit and how he works. Remember over in John 16, verses 8 through 11, he said the Holy Spirit, he says the Holy Spirit is going to come to the world to convict the world of the sin of unbelief. He said the Holy Spirit's going to come to convict the world of righteousness, who their truest identity really is in Christ. The Spirit is going to come to convict the world of judgment. You see that brought under judgment? What's he say following that? He says, judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. See, see, old covenant prophecy might bring condemnation, but new covenant does not. It reminds us of the finished work of the cross and the defeat of the enemy. Okay? So let's continue on some, just some guidelines. Personal prophecy should glorify the living word of God. In fact, the Holy Spirit's primary mission, his primary mission is to bring glory to Jesus. See, it, it all begins with Jesus. You, you receive Jesus, then the receiving of all these gifts begins to happen. Why? Because the Holy Spirit always brings glory to Jesus. In fact, the scripture in Acts talks about the spirit of Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God. See, see we're, not, we're not dividing the Trinity up. We're talking about the three in one. Jesus, when he walked planet earth, he was the fullness of the Godhead indwelt in bodily form. Okay? So y'all gonna have to listen more quickly now. The second guideline is that the prophetic messages should conform to the written word of God. If you ever get a prophetic word to uh, commit adultery, I'm pretty sure that's not God. It's not in the word of God. If you ever get a prophetic word uh, to deny the resurrection of Jesus, that's a lie from the pit of hell. That's not a prophetic word, okay? If it doesn't align with scripture, then you've got something wrong. Third thing about a prophetic message is is they should be given in a spirit of new covenant love, not judgment. Jesus said he didn't come to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Okay? Uh, Three parts to a prophetic word. Just a quick, quick deal there. The first is 
Well, let me say it this way. The, the next guideline, prophetic messages need to be carefully weighed, okay? That's one thing that uh, the church today, a lot of times, just kind of brushes over. But, but as you look at the orderly worship in 1 Corinthians 14, I won't take time to unpack all that, but verse 29, it talks about weighing a word. Have you ever gotten a word and you're like, oh, I don't know about that. I want to encourage you, bring that to our elders, bring that to our team, bring, bring that to a mature believer, okay? Because the Spirit of God, if it doesn't resonate with your spirit, it's probably off. Now, here's one of the reasons why it could be off, because a, a prophecy basically has three parts to it. It's the revelation that comes from God. Unless God reveals and unveils anything to us, we're not going to get it. You understand that? because it's spiritual in nature. But the second thing is this, after the revelation is the interpretation, okay? Now, why can an interpretation sometimes go bad? Some of you are going, how many ways could I tell you, pastor? It can go bad. I'll tell you why most interpretations of a pure prophetic word from God go bad is, number one, a lot of times we try to add on to more than what we really have the revelation of. And number two is we might have a scratched lens. Uh, our theology might be off, okay? Our, we might just have wounds, okay? It, it, our, our life could be off. The third thing is, application, and usually that comes from a skewed life experience, okay? So I, I always encourage people, if you're going to give a prophetic word and God doesn't give you the interpretation or the application, don't you give it. Don't you give it, okay? And, and we'll, we have classes uh, regularly about prophetic language, prophetic words, prophecy, how many of you know prophecy is hearing the voice of God? And every one of us, he, he says, I wish you all would prophesy. You all can prophesy, Paul says that. Why? Because at the very heart of our relationship with Jesus Christ is learning to hear the voice of his spirit. Okay, so what about the gift of tongues? Okay, this is usually the scary one that kind of freaks people out a little bit. And I want to give some, some time to explain it because one, one of the things that, uh, that, that charismania has not done well is we just kind of do things and the world's going, I, I think I could get behind that if I understood what the heck was going on, okay? So can I tell you what the heck is going on? That's what this part is. Okay, so there are three, tongue, tongues is just when a believer allows the indwelling Holy Spirit to guide the form of the words that you speak, Okay? You've got the Holy Spirit living in you. If you've said yes to Jesus, invited him into you, you've got the spirit of Jesus in you. It's Christ in you by his spirit, the hope of glory to the world. Your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Everybody with me, okay? Now, that spirit wants to commune with you and communicate through you, to you, through you, right? And so uh, coming into agreement and partnership and surrender and saying, I partner with that indwelling Holy Spirit to form the words in my mouth. I pray in tongues a lot. I prayed in tongues this morning and I'll talk to you in a little bit more why that is. But the hardest thing for me was to get out of my noggin because we're not talking about an intellectual pursuit of something. We're not teaching you a new language today. 
We're talking about a spiritual language, a language of the Spirit of God, okay? The same way with prophecy. It's a spiritual language. And so uh, I'm sure there are those who will watch this on uh, YouTube or whatever, and I will get conversations about these things too. So there are three types of tongues, three types of usage of tongues. Maybe that's a better way to say that. The first is the tongues as a sign to unbelievers, Okay, have you ever read that in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 20 through 22? We'll, we'll get there and we'll talk about that in a second. The second is the tongues as a spiritual gift that when accompanied by the gift of interpretation becomes like a prophecy. Hello? You with me? So, so when somebody, if, and we don't have a lot of these in our services, but if somebody were to stand up, Dave Jacobson stands up and gives a prophetic, or gives a, a message in tongues in a local setting, a public setting like this, according to scripture, what we would do is we would wait for an interpretation. Okay? And if, if there's long, like, pause of real quietness like it is right now, I would look at Dave and say, Dave, what, what do you get? Okay? But we're going to get an interpretation. Why? Because we're in a public setting and we want everyone here to be edified. Everyone to be in on it, right? It's a, it doesn't nullify the gift of tongues. It just says in a public setting, it needs interpretation. All right, I'm teaching and I'm meant to just give you a list. The third thing is tongues as a personal prayer language. Okay? I heard a yes or two. Okay? I won't, I won't make you raise your hand just yet, but in a little bit, get, re- get ready. Okay? So, tongues. Let's, let's unpack it a little bit. Tongues as a sign to unbelievers. Let's look at this passage here in 1 Corinthians 4, 14, 20 through 22. 20 through 22. And so, Paul's writing, and he says, Brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children. What's he, what's he saying? Quit being so doggone immature. In regard to evil, be infants. What does that mean? Be innocent. But in your thinking, be adults. I don't have to explain all this to you. In the law, it is written, with other tongues and through the lips of foreigners, I will speak to this people. But even then, they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Tongues then are a sign, not for believers, but for unbelievers, Prophecy, however, is not for unbelievers, but for believers. Now, he's talking about a very specific thing here, okay? Because you go, well, sound like he said it was for believers a while ago, and so now it's not for What is he talking about? This was fulfilled at Pentecost. If you go back and look at it, that's straight out Isaiah 28 right there. What he's talking about. He's quoting from Isaiah with other tongues and through lips of foreign. What's he talking about? He's talking about at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes there in Jerusalem and you've got people from all kinds of groups. He said you have people from every nation, Jews from every nation. And I mean, names all of them, the, the uh, Parthenians and the Mesopotamians. And um, he just goes through all this whole list of people and they hear this message of the Spirit in their own language spoken through the lips of Galileans. And if you knew what Galileans meant, they weren't the sharpest tool in the shed. And and they're speaking in the language where everybody's getting it. 
All of these unbelievers were becoming believers. All these Jewish people were becoming followers of the Messiah in this passage. This is all in uh, Acts 2, uh, about verse 5 and following. So that's what that passage is. That was fulfilled where these God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven each hears in their own language, okay? Now, let's look at the second type of tongues. Tongues as a spiritual gift to edify the church. Can I tell you, that's what Paul is, this is his point in this whole deal. He's talking about to this group of people who when they meet together, they're just out of control, okay? And he's saying, listen, if you're gonna speak in tongues, it's great, but it needs to edify the body. Look at verse um, 14, verse five and six. We're gonna go through this pretty quick. Paul says this, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. He's not mad at them. I'd like you to do that. But I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater or better maybe than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so the church can be edified. Now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I be to you unless I bring to you revelation or knowledge, prophecy, or a word of instruction that you can understand? You understand what's going on here? Paul, Paul is saying here, I'm not comparing tongues and prophecy. I'm not saying prophecy is better than tongues. I'm saying this, that when you come together in a public situation, when everybody can hear and understand that becomes the better gift. That becomes the best gift. And prophecy is one of those deals, right? But he says, if you're going to do a tongue, it's fine. But just make sure somebody interprets it so we can understand. And in, in fact, it becomes a prophecy. Are you, are you with me? Okay. Now, let's, let's move on. He goes, uh, in, let's pick it up at verse 11. First, first Corinthians 14, 11, he says, if then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I am a foreigner to the speaker and the speaker is a foreigner to me. So it is with you, since you are eager for, spirit, for gifts of the spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. For this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. Okay, that's why I said, Dave, if, if where did Dave go? He, he, got, he got afraid I was going to call on him again. <laughs> he was raptured. No. I said, ah, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> He's the only one. Oh, that was loaded, wasn't it? Okay. But that's why I told Dave, I said, listen, Dave, if you're not going to, if we don't, if, if no one has the interpretation, then, um, Tag, it's you. I'll tell you a real quick story. One time I was pastoring a church in Dripping Springs, Texas, and we were sharing our church with uh, a Church of Christ church. And uh, good friends with one of the elders, and he pops in. We were meeting at night. They were meeting in the morning. And my prayer was this, oh God, don't let anything weird happen tonight. Okay? <laughs> and is Ray English here today? No. Okay, I'll tell it on him. His kids are, so y'all can tell him. And I remember Ray was leading worship. And I mean, we hadn't even gotten started good and Ray, st Ray stops and he gives a message in tongues. 
And I thought, oh man, Lord, I asked for no weirdness today. You know, and Ray, Ray did. And, 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 you know, I'm sitting there, I'm praying in tongues that I'll get an interpretation for that tongue, you know. And uh, I hear this voice. Guy stands up and gives the interpretation of that tongue. And I look up and it's the Church of Christ elder. Okay? My, 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 one of my elders, he piles on. You, you know what I'm talking about? He piles on. Yes, verily, verily, that's, what, that's right. That's what, and I'm thinking, come on, Curvin, you, you, you could have you stepped up. Afterwards, I'm talking to this brother, and he said, listen, when I came here tonight, I asked the Lord if he would give me a sign that I'm on the right track. That I, and, and I thought, oh, your, your prayers was better than mine. And... and <laughs> And the, and the Lord showed him. He had gone on the mission field and he experienced some supernatural stuff he had never encountered before. And he said, I said, have you ever? He, nah. he said, I've never even heard a tongue before. And he said, but I got the interpretation. And I'm like, wow, way, way big God, okay? That's the kind of context I'm talking about though when we come together and what we're expecting. Now, I wanna give you the uh, third type of tongues. And this, this is one that uh, is probably more familiar to all of us because we have a lot more prophetic interaction than tongues. We just kind of skip right over the tongue interpretation because we we very prophetic bunch. And Paul says, that's great. That's, I like that. Okay, but here's, here's what a, a personal prayer language use of tongues would look like. Let's look at the next slide here. He starts it out in 1 Corinthians 14, 2. And Paul says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries in their spirit. You see the difference between a prophetic word and a word in tongues? A prophetic word is understandable to all, and it's given bringing heaven to earth for the people's edification, right? But he says, a tongue without an interpretation is to God. He's not saying there's something wrong with tongues. He's saying, when you pray in your spirit, you let the spirit, the indwelling spirit, form the words in your mouth and you begin to speak them forth, you are uttering mysteries, right? He says, you're uttering mysteries by the spirit, not to people, but to God. You're communing with God, okay? See, see what I'm talking about today is the beauty of spiritual language is for communion with God, and for communication to God's people bringing heaven to earth. Let me say it again, because I, I, I thought it was good. What we're talking about, the beauty of spiritual language is it's communion with God, okay? Praying in the Spirit. I'm so grateful that I can pray in the Spirit because I don't know how to pray most of the time. And so many times, I wish Dave were in here, I'd love to pick on him again, so many times I'll be praying unto the Lord and guess what? My, my praying, my prayer language becomes back in English and I begin to pray things and I realize that God has stirred up something in me and then he's given me the understanding of what I've been praying. And I, get, I begin to focus that prayer, okay? Let's look at the next passage here. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, uh, verses four and five. He says, if anyone speaks in a tongue, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. 
Again, a little redundant, but I want us to get it. Verse 5, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I'd rather that you, have, that, that you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless, what? Someone interprets the data. What's he talking about? Again, back to context. He's talking to a group of people about when they come together. Look at the next verse, though. Verse 14. He says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit. I will also pray with understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with understanding. You with me? Okay. That's why, you know, I usually it's out whenever I'm out walking, you know. I just begin to sing in the spirit. I pray in the spirit. But God begins to turn that thing over. And a lot of times I don't have to even give it much thought because God begins to show me what it is he's doing in me. See, God wants us to be able to commune with him in our spirit whether we ever understand it or not, right? Because there really is a language of the spirit. And that, that's what we're talking about. So I, I want to wrap this thing up here. Let me just say this. The kingdom of God is saturated with energy. I mean, in this place right now, in this atmosphere today, we're saturated with invisible power. And you might not, you, you might be able to see it. You might not be able to see it, but it's here. I woke up this morning and uh, I, 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 I turned on all the lights in my house not all of them, but some of them, and, and I opened my laptop, I had Wi-Fi, I had electricity, I had, I, I don't have a clue how that works, but I know it's a reality. I know it works. There are radio waves, there are all kinds of stuff going on right here that we can't see, and, but, but we know the reality thereof, right? Can I, can I tell you that the spirit is thick in this place right now? He's been invited, he's been welcomed, he's here, and he wants to manifest himself in a way that we can understand, where the invisible becomes visible to us, okay? And so that, that's what gifts are all about. Uh, spiritual gift, make, make the invisible become visible. I want to invite our, our prayer team to just go ahead, our, our ministry team, if you guys would just come forward here. And our worship team, if you guys would, would come on up. And here's what I want. I, I really feel like the Lord told me there are two types of people here today. Okay? There's, there's transmitters and there's receivers. Now, every one of us needs to be a receiver. And every one of us needs to be a transmitter. But the truth is you may not be a transmitter just yet. But that's the heart of God. He really wants you to transmit. He wants you to receive, embrace. He wants you to contain and broadcast what he's going to show you today, okay? So if, if, you're, here, if you're here today and you regularly speak in tongues or prophesy regularly, I want you to just lift your hands, okay? These are our transmitters. Take, take a look. No, leave your hands up. Okay, take a look around, okay? These are people that, 
have just, they've just tapped into some stuff. That's all it is. How many of you think that every one of us ought to tap into something today? Okay. So this is not exclusive. Nothing special about those people, but these might be some of the people you want to go to. On this front row over here, how many of you are transmitters of, of tongues? You, you pray in tongues almost every day of your life or regularly. Okay. Y'all look around. Keep your hands up because this might be who you, want, you need to go to. Okay. Because here's the deal, we're conduits of heaven to earth and there's something about, scripture talks about the laying on of hands that imparts something and all that does is it means you're loving that person with, you're, you're, you're building them up, you're stirring them up and you're lifting them up, right? That's, that's what this bunch here is gonna do today. They're gonna do prophetic stuff, okay? Now, how many of you, uh, love to prophesy. That's something, one of the things we'll do, do the whole group. How many of you love to prophesy? You love to communicate heaven to earth and God gives you prophetic words for people regularly. Raise your hands. Okay? All right, this bunch here, y'all keep y'all's hands up on the front row here because these are some of the folks that you want to come see. You might see somebody who's sitting right next to you and you'd say, would you please pray for me? Okay? So the second group of people here are the receivers. How many of you know that anything and everything in the kingdom comes only one way? It's by receiving. It's not anything you do. You just say, I, Lord, I'll have that. I receive that. By faith, I embrace the reality of what is. I embrace the reality of the invisible realm. This, this place is saturated, right? And so today's a great day to say, you know what? I would love for you to lay hands on me, agree with me, pray with me to receive a prayer language, okay? That's communion. That's the purpose of that, to commune more deeply with God. Maybe you're here to say, you know what? I would love to be a conduit to communicate to others. I, I have never interpreted a um, tongue on a, in a uh, public setting, for instance. That's... that's, that's that's one I've not done. I'm, I might get one of you guys to pray for me for that, okay? Mo most of that is just boldness because I think I probably could have but didn't, okay? Didn't have a lot of opportunities. That's one area. But the other one is prophetic. You'd say, I want to be a prophetic voice to my friends, my family, my neighborhood, everywhere I go. Amen? Amen. Amen. Right, let's give the Lord a hand because he really wants to do this today. Amen? So I'm gonna invite you to stand. I'm gonna pray over us and then I'm gonna just invite you to come. Maybe it's a neighbor around you. You feel compelled to go and pray for somebody. That's okay. But, but if, if you want to receive, come here. Can I, let me say this one more time. The starting place of our reception is Jesus. If you've not received Jesus, then you, he's your starting point. He's your entry point. He's your portal to all of these gifts of the Spirit. And that just simply requires humility to say, Jesus, I need you. And I want everything of your spirit that you have. Let's just pray. Father, we say, come. Come, Holy Spirit. We thank you that you are here. We thank you that you have saturated this place. And Father, we ask that the invisible will become visible. We pray that lives will be transformed form today, God, in the receiving of Jesus, in the receiving of your Holy Spirit's work in their lives.
as we worship, just come forward and receive whatever the Lord's given you. Maybe you're here this morning and you just need a touch, physical touch. Maybe you need some emotional touch. Whatever it is you have need of this morning, just come receive.